Hey, entrepreneurs, it's your podcast mogul, Phil Better here. I am excited for this episode, as as I know you are. Before we jump into this episode, I'm going to ask you, if you are also a podcaster and you're looking to grow your podcast or monetize your podcast, make sure you stay till the end of the episode. I have a special deal for you or a special offer, if you will. But ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let's jump into the episode. Welcome to Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. Join the podcast mogul Phil Better as he interviews successful entrepreneurs that make their living in the digital world. Now, let's join your host, Phil Better, and his special guest today on Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Ladies Podcast. and gentlemen, welcome back to Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm, of course, Phil Better. That voice you heard before is my guest, Joseph. I'm sorry, I forgot to ask you how to pronounce your last name, and I should have done that before. No worries. So it's Yanicelli. So if you pretend the I is a Y, you cannot. Yanicelli. Yanicelli. Yanicelli, an amazing uh, entrepreneur who's transferred from a world that's corporate to the freedom that is the entrepreneur world. He does so much and he runs Play to Win Inc. So, Joseph, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Phil. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk to you and, and your whole audience. Awesome. So, Joseph, you started in the nine to five world uh, in the insurance world, correct? Yeah, I would, I'm not sure if I'd say nine to five. I'd say maybe um, seven to nine. <laughs> uh, you know, I was in sales for, for a while and then I was CEO, as you know, of, of Standard Life. So, yeah, but we can say nine to five. Let's say the corporate world. The corporate world. Yeah, you were from the corporate world. You, you were, as you said, you were the CEO of Standard Life, a, a huge organization in its own right. What made you decide to transfer into the world of entrepreneurship? Well, that's a really good question. Um, I'll, I'll tell you if I can back up a little bit. So sure. I was CEO of Standard Life for seven years. And I and it was a listed company. So it was listed on the London Stock Exchange on the FTSE. And I believe that that type of job is a, if you have a you know, seven to 10 year run, that's a good stretch. So I had reached the seven-year point, and we had done quite well. We had grown. I had we had I think twenty-three hundred employees. We were running billions of dollars of revenue. We were profitable every single year. Uh, it was based in, in in Quebec, and I knew at some point in time, for family reasons, I would transfer back to Ontario. Uh, so what happened was, I thought this was probably in uh, December. Well, in 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 two thousand and eleven, I thought, okay, this is probably going to be my last year, and I had turned. 50 that year because at the time I thought if I had another challenge left in me another corporate challenge it's uh, it'd be better served to to find something in and around age 50 than over age 50 that's just the way the market was at the time um two of my three kids were already in Ontario uh studying in in Ontario and I thought post-secondary education so I thought uh we just come off a record profit year so again I thought that would be good for for me getting my another my, my next corporate job etc so i said okay that was my last year there after about 20 years of standard life so then i was looking for something to come to in, in ontario and i found um i was going to be president of omer's investment management it's it's a it's the large pension fund for police firefighters uh some qp employees union employees in ontario but because i had an on compete 
I couldn't get into that role right away. I had to wait a little bit. So I was, I was a strategic advisor for a while there. And Phil, I was bored out of my mind. <laughs> okay, bored out of my mind. So then I thought, okay, let me leave there. And I ran a healthcare company called Banyan Work Health Solutions. I was CEO of that company. I found a buyer for them, 50% of their company. Um, we opened up Australia. We opened up Western Canada. Things were going well. Once I found the buyer for that company, I, be, I was on the board of that company. And I was bored again. I had no idea why, but I was bored out of my mind. So then I was finally, this is what happened. This is my aha moment. We, you've had your aha moment. We've all had our aha, aha moments. This was mine. I was in Florida, probably having a glass of wine on the beach. And I thought, why am I bored? And it hit me. I was trying to replicate my standard life job. And, and, and you can't. Because there's only a handful of those types of jobs uh, in, in Canada, at least. And, you know, I was in the UK every month. I was in Toronto. I was in Vancouver. I was in Regina. I was everywhere every month. The, 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 the thrill was insane. And you just can't replicate it. Yet I tried to replicate it. So I thought, okay, can't do it. So then what? Then I thought I was, I think, 52 at the time. And I thought, okay, I have probably... 30 good years left after 80 you start to slow down a little bit if we're lucky we have a you know a, a good good stretch until 80 and i thought wow that's not a long time because if you think about it it's 4160 weeks okay if you break down like i'm 61 now and i've i've run maybe over 3000 of those weeks so i don't i at the time i thought i don't have that many weeks left to do what i want and and, and the what you'll find Phil, is that the older you get, the bigger your bucket list, but the shorter period of time to get to it. So I thought, okay, this that's it. I'm not going to do anything unless it makes me happy. So that's when I got into acting. So so I got into acting. I wanted to, I've always wanted to be an actor. So I got into acting. I made a movie. We, I produced a movie, a feature film. It's called Crimson Sands. It's done really well internationally. We won the uh, Toronto Independent Film Festival. I think we won a few in Brazil. We won one in in, uh, in in Montreal. Anyway, so so I did that, and it was great. Then I thought, okay, what's my next little challenge? So I thought, yoga is pretty good because I used yoga to help me with some health issues, and I learned a lot about yoga, the, the thousands, thousands of year history, and all the benefits of it. So I became a yoga instructor, and I became a Reiki master, and then ultimately I became an author. So the, I'm circling back to the to your question. So I love this. So don't worry. I, it, it's bringing more value to my uh, my 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 guests, my audience. Sorry. Which is which is great. So so I view my life not as a novel. I view it as a series of short stories within a book. And once that short story is done, I close that chapter and I begin a new short story. And my new short story usually has an exponential learning curve because I think we as humans have an unlimited capacity to learn and be better. We just don't do it. We stick to what's comfortable. Like I have friends that have been in the corporate world. They're ex they were excellent at their jobs. They retire. What do they do? They get on boards. They do a little bit of consulting. They kind of continue what, they're, what they've always done because it's in their wheelhouse. It's in their comfort zone. They know they can you know, sort of be happy there. I'm thinking, no, we've got 4,160 weeks of good, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I don't want to do that. We have so much more 
to give. You can be a, a coach. You can be, a, I don't know, a baker. You can be anything you want to be within what you desire mm -hmm. and what you're capable of. We just don't do it because there's there's that change. You have to be gutsy. You have to be, take a little bit of risk. So there's that there's that element of fear of change maybe. And I'm thinking, no, I, I'm not doing that anymore. So for me, you talk about the why. For me, we, uh, it's the what first. It's what do I desire, okay? Uh -huh. So that, that's my desire. So I desire, okay, to have choice. And I desire to do everything that I've always wanted to do. And realizing that we are on, we are spiritual be beings having a human experience on this planet. That is my belief. So why not make that the best possible experience that it can be? Who knows what's happening after that? But while we're here, you have to be your best always. That's why I wrote the book, Unleash Your Best Self. So we can we, we can teach people to become their best selves, not just the best podcasters, not just the best entrepreneurs, but the best husbands, the best wives, the best the, the nephews, the best coaches, the best teachers, the best everything. There's no point in you, Phil, being an outstanding podcaster, and this is not you for sure, but if you're a nightmare to live with with, with your partner, right? It's no point. You have to be the best always at everything. So that was my desire. And, 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 and my what or, or my why is, is because I want to have all those choices. So my motivation to do that was to get to a place where when it's all said and done, that I can look back and say, you know, I don't have very many regrets. I always did the best that I can. And I became the best person overall human being, which includes the best CEO, which includes the best husband, the best father, et cetera, et cetera, maybe the best podcaster. Um, to, 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 so I have no regrets and I had, and I can, all my decisions have been defensible. So that's why I, 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 I'm here. So why I wrote the book, which is sort of the next chapter, figuratively speaking, <laughs> is because um, I, I do a lot of executive coaching and coaching for um, any anywhere from you know executive coaches to you know, CEOs to kids coming out of school that are not quite sure what they want to do with their careers they're not sure you know what strengths they have where they want to go they're, they're influenced by their parents they're influenced you know social peer pressure etc I try to get them to a place where what do you want to do what are you good at let's choose a career let's help you find a career so I do a lot of that that kind of coaching and all of them said you know you got to write some of this stuff down because I won't remember you got to write something so they kept telling me to write stuff down write stuff down write stuff down so one day this was a COVID book one day during COVID it allowed and I think there's a reason for everything there's no coincidences in this world COVID happened for a reason just ask nature humans were the only people who suffered during COVID nature thrived during COVID you know why because we left nature alone Yep. Humans left nature alone. Everything thrived, which is tells us something, right? So it was a COVID book. If if that didn't happen, COVID didn't happen. I wouldn't have written the book because I probably wouldn't have thought about uh, sitting down, having the time to sit down and and put together my thoughts. So my book now, my purpose in life now, I believe, and I've come sort of full circle in my career. Like I've had a ton of people help me. I've had a ton of people, you know, help me get to where I am. It's my turn. To a larger degree, not just one-on-ones, but if I can actually write a book that can help people to, to think about how they can be their best selves. And I, I, I don't have the right to tell anybody what to do. I can't tell you, you know, these are the seven steps or these are the three things that you need. I don't have that right because every person is different. I believe that. But what I do have a responsibility, I believe, as a human being 
is to try to get people to understand that being at 100% capacity at all times, okay, to the best of your ability. So you're not going to be at 100% optimal performance at all times because sometimes you're just not. But if you give 100% effort at all times, you're going to be your best. And then you're going to achieve anything that you want to the degree that you want as long as you focus on that. And that's really why I kind of am here today. That, that was great. Um, I do want to talk about your book because this podcast is a, a COVID podcast, if you will, because I started because I didn't know how to be a, an entrepreneur. I didn't have the, 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 the understanding as it was. And looking back, I realized I did. I just didn't recognize it. But um, you, where, where did the name come from? Like, what else went into making this book? I know you, you mentioned you had your, 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 co your clients or your, the, your mentees mentioned that you should write these down. What, what format, how did you come up with the format? How did you come up with like the idea behind the book? Well, to be frank, I'm not creative. I, I have such respect for people who write books, like tremendous amount of respect, especially fiction, because they have to create things that do not exist. So they're, 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 you have characters and they develop characters and there's plot lines, and there's multiple plot lines and there's background. I didn't do any of that. I just literally verbally spilled on a page what my experiences were. That's how I started it. I just jotted down stories from mostly standard life or my personal life. I just jotted, okay, this is what happened when I had my first board meeting. And this was the anxiety. And this is what someone said to calm me down. So he was my multiplier effect at that particular time. Or the time I, I hired someone in a VP job, but they had no, they thought they had no business taking that VP job. They weren't qualified. To, but I knew there was something telling me that that person could succeed. So I made sure that, that they A, took the job and B, they did not fail in that job. So I just kept writing these stories down, like, you know, a paragraph here, a paragraph there. And then we, I ended up with maybe 20 or 30 pages and then I just start to pop, okay, which ones kind of go together? And I did that. And then I started to expand each one. So each paragraph became, you know, a few pages maybe. And then I thought, wait a minute, we have something here because it actually is starting to, to flow. And then, and then I thought, okay, we can talk about things to uh, make your best self. Because to me, the whole thing about life is living life to its fullest to its maximum capacity. Just enjoy every minute of every day, just sitting here. And I think I heard birds in the background when, when, when we first came on. You know, there's something to be learned about that. It's just the, the pleasant sound of that. Or maybe if you close your eyes and think, okay, what are they doing? They're singing, are they, are they looking for a mate? Are they looking for a nest? Who knows? There's tons of stuff happening there at any, at any second that we could enjoy. So that's why boredom to me is like, how can anybody ever be bored? Like, I don't get it, right? There's so many things going on. So, so I started to, you know, write all these things down. Then all of a sudden it became like, you know, 100 pages, 150 pages. And then I started to remember more. It's interesting how the mind works. And there's a chapter on focus there in, in the book that, that and this will be actually quite interesting possibly for, for our audience or for your audience is um, if you, I truly believe in the law of attraction and the law of focus. Uh, if you focus on something, truly genuinely focus on something anything and put your energy towards that subconsciously everything that you will be thinking about will feed into that i guarantee you law focus so for me 
the law of focus was focusing on making a book, focus on, on making a book that will help people become their best selves. And I think it's timely in the marketplace because a lot there's, we, we've, it's funny, it's interesting, Phil, how the last 100 years, every single invention has, has attempted to make our lives easier, facilitate how we do things or entertain us, to give us more time to do other things because these things are doing it for us. The microwave, the TV, you know, the the, the car, the automobile, the, the airplane. We're going back 100, 120 years. Okay? All these things. Yet today, we're probably as a society more miserable on mass than we've ever been. Like the, 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 the amount of maintenance drugs that people take is insane, right? Why? Because they're trying to cope with this or, 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 or trying to deal with that. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, there's something off here. Why is this happening? Probably because there's lack of self-awareness. There's lack of understanding that we as human beings have so much to give. And we and if we focus on what we want to do, being a podcaster as an example, let, let, let's take that as an example. If I want to be a really, really good podcaster, I would have to think of what are the multiplier effects that would make me a good podcaster. And I know nothing about podcasting, Phil. Let me just state that right now. I know nothing, okay? Um, so what would I do? I'd gather information, I guess. I'd maybe listen to you. I'd listen to other podcasters. I'd maybe, you know, YouTube something, how to become a podcaster, what equipment I would need, et cetera, et cetera. So I would get all that stuff and I would begin to focus on, okay, how to be a good podcaster. And then once you get the basics right, then you start to focus on, okay, well, do I have something that might be interesting for people to listen to? I know what's interesting to me. Do I have something that's interesting for others to listen to? Hmm. What can that possibly be? So for me, uh, going back to the book, it was getting people to understand and focus on what they want to do, make the proper decisions to get to where they want to go. And they will always do that. I get asked often, Phil, uh, what, what is karma? Okay, I get asked him, Joseph, what, what, what's the definition of karma? Karma is one of those things like manifestation. These words are thrown around, right? Like, yeah, let me manifest that. Yeah, you're going to manifest that like you're a wizard. You're going to blink and it's going to come. No, it's, that, it doesn't work that way, right? I hear that all the time. Yes, I want a new job. I'm going to manifest a new job. Yeah, okay, well, how does that work, right? You might need a resume. You might need contacts. You might need you know, to learn something more. You might need to learn a new skill. You might need to like, come on. You can't just manifest something, right? It, it's just a, it's a, that's the idea but then you have to focus towards getting there. So uh, the law of karma, so uh, not the law of karma, but how does karma work for me or how does it, I define it? Simply to me, karma is a consequence of every single decision that we've made in our lives to date. Every single decision that we've made has led us to this moment in time. For you and I, it's this discussion. For maybe it's the listeners, it's to listen. Whatever decisions we've made to this point has led us here. Now we make on average, I'm thinking of, I think about 32,000 decisions per day, most subconscious. Um, and, and, and the important ones are conscious, but a lot of them are subconscious. So to me, that is our karma. So it stands to reason that if you improve your decision-making process and focus, you will make better decisions. It's logical. If you make better decisions, you will have better karma. Better karma will lead to being a better person, unleashing your best self. And unleashing your best self 
will allow you to become the best whatever you want to become. You might not be the best ever because there's only one of those, but as long as you become the best that you can be, 100%, no half, see, good enough should never be good enough. It should, it should always be 100% effort. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen, but never give half of something and never pick and choose because that's a slippery slope. Yeah, I'm going to give 100% to this, but now nah, this is not that important. Every single minute of every day is important what you do. So that's why I think um, uh, decision-making is, is critical. And we can talk about decisions and how you make them and the components of it and, you know, which will help again with, with becoming the best podcaster because you have to make the best decisions to become a best pod podcaster, which will help, you know, your karma moving forward. But to, to, to me, having that understanding and that focus was important for me to get out there because it's timely, it's needed. There's more people that are floating around a little bit, not sure uh, about what you know they should be doing or, or just this, the social media that's coming at them, the, the volume of information that's coming at you is another thing. Right now, we have more information coming at us or access to more information than we've ever had before. When I used to study, Believe it or not, this is how old I am. We had encyclopedias when I did a you know report. We we had that you know the encyclopedia that my dad bought from a salesman at the door, and that's what I use as my basic source of information. Maybe some magazines. I went to the library. That was it, right? Now all this is coming at us from various mediums at the speed of light. And on top of that, we don't have to just worry about that, Phil. We have to worry about a new concept called false information or false facts or things that are purposely put out there to confuse or to influence negatively. So our filtering system is overloaded. We, can't, we, we have to quickly assess what information is out there, filter it to what is required for us to make a decision, determine what's the truth, and within that determine which, which pieces apply to us in this particular circumstance. That's a lot of pressure. So for me, if you can step back with complete self-awareness, self-understanding of who you are, what your strengths are, what you're, what you're naturally uh, uh, focused on uh, that you want to do based on who you are, that helps you quiet your mind and easily determine which pieces make sense for you at that moment in time so you can make defensible, no-regret decisions that will be positive moving forward. And that's what I call the multiplier effects. So the title of Unleash Your Best Self, someone just, actually it was gonna be called something else. It was gonna be called the multiplier effect, but someone said, Joseph, why don't you just call it what it is? So what is it? It's something to unleash your best self, then just call it that. And that's how I, that's how I came up with the title. Um, I, I wanna go back, cause you mentioned making the best decision for you. Uh, and you being the uh, individual who's listening or making the choice, uh, could you maybe provide some tips for people, maybe one or two tips that, that can help them move into making the right decision for them? Yeah, see, I can't, I don't have that right. Okay? Uh, um, but, but I think I, I think I know where you're going. Okay, you want to finish your... Well, I was. I know you don't have to write, and I don't want you to dictate how someone has to make the right choice. But maybe provide some guidance on how they can use what they know to make the right decision. That's probably a better use of the, the wording I should have used. No, that's perfect. Okay, so I believe that every single one of us has a similar decision-making process. Okay, so if you think about it, when we make a decision, we're thinking about okay, what do I make a decision? What do I 
need. First, you look at facts. You gather your facts. You determine, okay, what what facts are here to make, help me make that decision? Then you dive into your memory and you say, okay, have I experienced something similar prior that would be useful for this particular decision? Then you go to education. Have I learned anything in the past? And education could be formal or informal. Have I learned anything from the past that could help me with this? Um, then you go with current environment. What is the current environment like now? Whether you, whether it's depending on your decision, it could be weather related, it could be the interest rate environment, depending on what decision. So what's the current environment? And last is intuition. Those are the five things that most people use to make the decision. Now, each of us weight each one of those differently, Phil. So if you're an actuary or if you're an accountant or if you're a lawyer, chances are the first one, the fact finding is going to weigh very heavily in any decision you make because that's how you're geared. That's how you're wired. That's how what your strengths are. So I need like they would need 80% facts or 90%, whatever their, 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 their ratio is before they even go further. Okay. If you're a marketing guy like me, maybe you, I'm not sure. Eh, intuition is probably pretty heavy. All right. I got a little bit of facts. I slap it with a little bit of experience. And so more or less, I think this is right. And that's, you know, you might have checks and balances. Like I had a standard life. I had checks and balances whenever I wanted to do something to make sure, you know, legal and finance would always, you know, determine whether I could actually do something that I wanted to do. But, uh, you know, that that's how I made my decision. So my, my tip would be understanding those five things. And most important, most important would be understanding who you are. So who you are as a person, complete self-awareness, and then determine, okay, based on those five things, what would best suit me, me personally, individually, for this particular decision? And then take all those elements, filter them through, meditate on it, because I always meditate on, especially my big decisions, I always meditate on them. Some people just take, you know, I'll sleep overnight and then I'll, in the morning, that's, that's a form of meditation. It's like a pause with a quiet mind to, to make sure that your decision is right and then make the decisions. I think that would be the, one of the biggest tips that I can give to people. Cause then um, when you're doing that and you go with your intuition, you, you said, okay, I'm going to make a decision. So you're, let, let's say you've gone through that, through that process and you've made your decision. Okay. Then I say, okay, apply a multiplier effect. And this is a concept that I have throughout the book. So the, the multiplier effect is, is it, it's actually quite a simple concept. Most of us do it, but not to the degree that I think it can be done. So at any given moment, at any given time, there are things that you can do literally within any moment, at any given time, that would make that particular experience better. As an example, uh, there are big ones like education. If you get an education, that would make your experience of, 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 of earnings power and, and, and you know, you know, financial independence, that would be a multiplier effect for you. Having a mentor, having someone, uh, a supporter, or having someone who, who uh, looks out for you in your job, okay, that would be a big multiplier effect for you. Someone who gives you a tip as to, okay, this job opening is there. I want you to apply for it. I put in a good word for you. That would be a big multiplier effect for you because it will affect so many things moving forward if you get that job as, as this particular example. Then there's smaller things like I'm going to outside and prune the rose bush. What type of pruners do I use? A really good sharp set of pruners for roses in particular will enhance that, that, that experience. You and I are sitting here. What can make this experience better? Maybe better headphones, maybe better lighting, 
maybe better microphone, maybe better seating position. Maybe if I'm sitting up straight, I have a straighter spine, more air in, 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 in my lungs. I can speak more clearly. Maybe speaking slower would be like, I don't know what they are, but there's a million of them. So apply whatever multiplier effect could enhance that decision. And then you will make no regret defensible decisions all the time. You, they might not turn out perfect, but you, at the t- you can never say it wasn't the right thing to do. That is the best guidance I think I have uh, gotten that I can apply directly to my life right now. So, Joseph, thank you very much for that. That's helped me a lot. And I'm looking forward to implementing it into my life because I know it's going to help me make because I feel that sometimes I always try and push for that perfect decision that's always going to work out. Whereas what you just said is it may not be a perfect decision, but it's a regret free decision because you went with what you knew. So thank you very much for for enlightening me with that uh, that knowledge um we are coming to the end which i'm regretting that this wasn't no! a longer episode because <laughs> uh, i'm enjoying talking and hearing you speak so we're definitely going to have you come back on the podcast for sure that's 100 certain joseph uh, but we are going to get the spark question because i think this is uh going to be very illuminating coming from you so if to my audience if you're tuning in for the first time spark is by seek discomfort an amazing youtube channel that i highly suggest you check check out they believe in uh strangers or just friends you haven't met yet so let's spark the conversation and what advice would you give to someone who is currently struggling oh okay that's just an open question because struggling is is relative right you can be struggling financially you'd be struggling in a relationship you could be struggling getting out of your car let's Uh, look at it so let's put it in the contents of struggling with the decision on whether or not to choose a another job or go and blaze their own path there's they're struggling with that decision how can we help them in that that regard fantastic question let me just ask you how much time do i have you I'm have gonna, uh, at least another up. 30 minutes. So we're good oh. before my next interview. Perfect. <laughs> okay. You have time, so no worries. This is great. Okay. So I do this all the time. This is a great question. It's like it was awesome. supposed to happen. Okay. So I coach a lot of people in a sort of midlife career crisis. Like I've, I, you know, I've gotten this far and this is what I'm doing. I'm not sure if I'm happy anymore. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it is, I'm not sure if this is what I should be doing. And I also coach people who are, who are trying to determine what career is best for them at the beginning of their life, uh, or the work life cycle. So what I do with them is I, as I sit them down, I said, okay, I'm just going to ask you a few questions. We're going to have a discussion here. Like you and I have. And I say, okay, tell me what you're, you, you, you love to do. Tell me what you love to do. Write it down. Tell me what you don't like to do. Tell me what you are passionate about. Tell me what you don't like. Tell me what you hate. Tell me what you despise. Tell me what you would be doing 24 hours a day if you could. And I ask a series of these questions. And actually, they're in the book, actually. That's really interesting. So I ask a series of these questions to get to a couple of things. One, what are they absolutely passionate about? And it could be something as broad as people. I'm passionate about helping people. Okay, that's great. I I really hate numbers. I can't stand uh, being in crowds. I can't. So I, I, I do this broad. I can't stand cooking. I can't, it could be anything. I said, don't limit it to anything related to work, anything and everything that you love, hate, like, not so much. What are your strengths? 
what are you really, really good at? What are you absolutely horrible at, but love to do? Like I get to that uh, level of detail, granular detail. And then we start to patch up or bunch up a few of these things. And then from there, what, what comes to the surface is things that they're absolutely passionate about and, and things that they absolutely despise. And then things that, eh, it's okay if it's there, if it's not there, doesn't make any difference to me. So I, I wean some of these things off and I focus on just what you're passionate about and what you hate. And from there, we look to find careers that feed just into those things and not the rest of the things. And it's amazing what you will find because I've had people say, you know, I love to help people. Uh, I'm passionate about uh, the elderly, as an example. Um, I, 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 I love law, you know, and um, I, I don't like conflict, you know. I'm thinking maybe you should think about being either a paralegal or a lawyer doing wills. I don't know. I mean, that's a whole bunch of stuff there that feeds exactly what you want to do. I had this one person at Standard Life. Um, his name is Mick. He, I met him at Golf Town. He sold me golf clubs when I went to Standard Life, and he was just a part-time guy there. He didn't, he didn't know I was president at the time, and he was, he gave, Phil, he gave me the best service ever, like incredible service. So to the point where I didn't go there to buy anything unless he was working. I got clubs for all, my whole family. Then one day I said, like, Nick, like, what, what are you doing here? Like, you should, you know, no, no disrespect, but you should. You know, he said, I've just graduated McGill. I'm looking for a job. I said, give me a resume. We hired him in finance like this. Within six months, he was looking at um, uh, doing my scorecard, which is a, a confidential document. We loved him. Two years later, my assistant says, Mick wants to talk to you. He comes into my office and he said, Joseph, he said, I don't know if I want to be a lawyer. I'm thinking about being a lawyer. And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, my, you know, it's kind of in the family. I think his dad is a lawyer or his mom. And I kind of always had it back in my mind. And I said, well, how old are you? He told me. And I said, Phil, we, uh, uh, sorry, Mick, we love you. You got to go. You got to go. And he went to Universidad de Montreal. He's trilingual. Found his wife there. They have two kids there. Became a lawyer at Osler, doing incredibly well. A few years later, I'm in Toronto. He said he's going to visit his sister. I think it's in Burlington. He comes here and he says, I want to talk to you. And I said, sure. He said, we sat down at a coffee shop and he said, I don't know if I want to be a partner. I said, what do you mean? That, wasn't that the plan? Like, this is he, said, he, said, he said, no, you know, I, I learned more. I just don't want, I don't want that life. I said, okay, let's step back. Okay. What do you love to do? And we went through these series of questions, right? He loves law. He like he just loves law. Okay. He loves sports. He played high level hockey. He loves sports. He's trilingual. We kept talking. We talk, and I said, hmm. I said, have you ever thought of being a sports agent? You could apply your law degree. You could apply what you love, sports. One of the things that you love, sports. You're trilingual. You can probably get some, you know, kids and. In, in whether it's Quebec or, or overseas, or just, you know, you can probably you know, do that so that, that, that you know, you, you got that going for you. And he said, yeah, I never thought of that. And I said, well, because we have to step back and think of all of the things that you're really passionate about and determine where's the fit. So the advice that I would give to anybody out there, whether if you're going to be an entrepreneur, if you're going to be a podcaster, that's fantastic. Or if you're going to do something else, sit back, 
don't do it for the, don't do it for the money. Okay, that that's one of the biggest things I have to don't do it for the money because if you do it for the money, okay, you're gonna you're gonna forfeit the process that will get you the money that you want long term. If I want a vegetable garden, I'm a gardener. If I want a vegetable garden, I do not worry about the tomato. I don't think I don't even think I want tomato. You know what I worry about? I worry about soil, water, sunshine, fertilizer, fill. Tomato will come. Okay, so if I want to be X, I worry about all of the different things to get to X. X will come. So don't don't leapfrog the process. If you want to be an incredible, incredibly rich person as a podcaster, don't think about the money. Think about being the absolute best podcaster that you can be and do all the research, the decision making, you know, find that niche that works for you. Find the market. And no matter how glutted the market is. Don't ever be afraid. No matter how glutted the market is, there's always room for good people and good companies. So don't think, oh, there's so many, com- com- so much competition out there, I'll never make it. Not true. Okay? There's always room for good people and good companies. You just need to find what suits you to your strengths that you're passionate about. So even when you're not in front of a camera, you're just thinking all the time about, okay, how can I make this better? How can I make this better? How can I make this better? How can... And and your subconscious will feed into that. And anything that you do, you're going to be, you know, walking the store. Like, you know, if I wear that shirt, it'll be really cool on camera. Or if, if, you know, I don't wear this watch because people are looking at it. They say, you know, hey, you digital entrepreneurs, thank you so much for listening to this really episode. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. Now, if you're looking to take your podcast to the next level, like most of these entrepreneurs money will come to the next level to scale it, if you will, make sure you check out my brand new newsletter. Links are down below. It is called the Monetization Mogul Syndicate Newsletter or... It could be lots of jobs that you don't stories know about of monetization. Yeah. Moguls, yeah. Are making moguls is what I do. Yeah. So well, make sure you go ahead and I've check that so out. But I want to thank you very much for listening. And as always, being done, so yeah, there are billions invest. of jobs out there. There's a job for every person, I believe, out there and or a company for every person. So, uh, Joseph, I can't thank you enough for coming on. I'm going to jump off screen. going to leave you a chance to let my audience know where they can connect with you if they want to talk with you, get your book or anything like that, sir. The floor is yours. Oh, wow. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. So, yes, if you want to buy my book, it's on Amazon, Amazon.ca. Uh, it's called Unleash Your Best Self. You can just order it and it'll come to you. Um, if you want to speak to me directly, it'd be my pleasure to talk about anything, actually, if you want to help answer a question, if you want me to help you with something or you just want to just chat about anything. I can be reached at uh, Instagram and it's Unleash Your Best Self, uh, the book, or just uh, Body by Yoga. I have a, a, a company where I'm a, I'm a yoga instructor. So my company for yoga is called Body by Yoga. You can Instagram me there, uh, Facebook, uh, Joseph Yanicelli, or Unleash Your Best Self, the book, or uh, Body by Yoga. I'm also on uh, uh, LinkedIn, Joseph Yanicelli. You can hook you can hook up with me there as well. So those are the multiple avenues that you can you can find me if you wish. Amazing, Joseph. Again, thank you so so much for being on the show today. I can't thank you enough for sharing your wisdom with my audience and providing a practical tip for myself that I can start taking into my daily life. So thank you so much for that. It's been an absolute pleasure, and uh, be well, stay safe to everyone out there. 
and to my audience on top of uh, being safe and enjoying life. Uh, if you want to connect with Joseph, all the show notes will have the links to him. And always remember to invest in yourself.